Hey, this is Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You listen to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Stryker, and with me today, you've heard him on the Locked On Steelers podcast, NFL and NCAA analyst, Chris Carter. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you aboard. Thanks for having me, Stryker. It's great to be here, man. Uh, here on the SteelerNation.com uh, podcast. It's, it's really, this is really cool, man. I've, I've been seeing y'all shows. Y'all been doing some good stuff. So uh, happy to join you guys. Oh, very happy to have you. And I'm happy to have another fellow podcaster and sounds like Steeler fanatic as well. Have you always been a, a, a you know, has the, the Steelers been your favorite team growing up? I mean, as a kid, I grew up in Pittsburgh. So I mean, what, what choice did you have? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, you know, my, my father was a football coach, you know, yes. uh, so I always like loved watching the game and, and I'm trying to understand the game. And like everyone in my family was Steelers fans. So, you know, when you grew up in the family, that was it. That's what it was. And uh, like, you know, every Sunday my grandpa would come over and, nice. you know, it was about watching the game together. And so, uh, you know, that was, that's, that's how, that's how it built. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's been a good way to kind of get my, you know, when I got into it originally, it was just blogging when I was in school. And then yeah. um, eventually I was like, huh, I, 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 people say I'm good at this thing. So let me try to do this from a more, you know, you know professional standpoint. And that's where it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun doing that over the past few years. That's fantastic. I mean, you've done it all. I mean, you've done the podcast and you're doing radio reporting, writing articles, analysis. So how long have you been covering the Steelers? Whew. So I started blogging. I wanted to say back in 2013 and then I got picked up by DK Pittsburgh sports in 2016. Nice. And then since then I've done like, I've done stuff for channel 11. I've done a WPXI here in Pittsburgh. I've done, I've done work for Steel nation radio where I'm actually still doing work for them. Nice. Uh, been, at, been at training camp for them all, all, uh, all through the summer. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, doing the locked on Steelers podcast that started up, I wouldn't say two years ago. So, you know, it was a part-time thing for a while, but lately it's been a full-time thing. So that's not mad at that at all. (laughs) Not at all. And for training camp, are you there for every training camp? Are you only there for the training camps that are open to the public? So I'm there for the ones at Heinz field. Like there was one day where I was, we've been doing a show for Steeler nation radio, um, one to four, at Heinz Field since they opened the stadium up. Even when even when the fans couldn't go there, I was going there. Nice. Um, now, I wasn't able to – we didn't do that from the south side facility, uh, the UPMC Sports Complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they moved to Heinz Field, I've been there every day. And then um, – uh, I've been that I skid after that I skedaddle over to the over the West End Bridge to uh, the station in Green Tree to record with Adam Crowley for four to six. So awesome, keep him, keep him busy. Man. <laughs> that's a quick commute, one to four, and then four to six. That's the fastest commute <laughs> coming <Hey>. out. <laughs> I'm a timing guy, you know how that stuff works. But that's great. That that's awesome. So, are you able to watch a lot of practice? Do you are you? Oh yeah. Is there anybody specifically that you're really excited about this year in training camp? I mean, I've been beating the Alex Highsmith drum oh, gosh. for months. I you you and been... Lewis Riddick, man. I just had him on the show. He's couldn't yeah, say enough great, about Alex Highsmith. Great show, by the way. I, I, uh, oh, Lewis, Lewis Riddick is one of the guys that I looked up to. I still look up to as far as, like, you know, his analysis, the way he yeah. break, breaks down the game. Right. Um, and trying to learn. I learned, learned more from people like him. So yes. uh, that was that was fascinating when you had him on the show. But Alex oh, Highsmith, thanks. I mean, yeah. the, the things that he that he that he showed last year was like really good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got to hang out with him at the um, there was the Hayward House Celebrity uh, softball event a few yes. about a month ago. 
Yeah. And first of all, the guy can hit home runs like it's nobody's business. Um, he, 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 I was I was like, Alex, you played baseball, too. He's like, yeah, you know, just, you know, I was like, I was like, dang, OK. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, but yeah, I, he's he's gotten I think he, he got his feet under him last year and now he knows like he got stronger. He's a little quicker. And I'll tell you, every day in training camp, man, he's beaten somebody to the punch. And uh, mm. And at first it was Dan Moore Jr. and everyone's like, oh, okay, but now he's doing that consistently to Chakuma Core for. Wow. And now you're asking yeah. the question, it's like, okay, is he is this gonna be a thing all season long? Right. Uh, I think Steelers fans are gonna be in for a, a, a nice surprise, you know, for those who were like, Oh man, Bud Dupree's gone. There's gonna be no pressure off that edge. I'm like, mm, I'm not, I wouldn't <laughs> say just that just yet. And that's to me, it seemed like when Bud Dupree entered the league. Limitless potential, super high mm-hmm. ceiling, just a lower floor, took him longer to come on. And it's amazing to me that Alex Highsmith, coming from that smaller school in Charlotte, seems to have that elevated floor, might not have the high-end athletic talent that a Bud Dupree has, but man, he's like a you know a TJ Watt Jr. And his, his floor is high, big work ethic, trying to work harder every every day. And I love hearing about him right now. Loved him too when I, when I got to the pleasure to talk with him. Seems like a a great man, great morals. You know, loves uh, um, um, very religious, very centered in his religion, and just a really neat guy to talk to. And, and you know, I can't I can't help but root for the guy. I'm just no, excited to see how he does. No, yeah, he's he's a very nice guy. I mean, you, you, you yeah. meet him and you, you, he makes he makes you feel like you're a normal person. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you're like oh, I'm talking to a superstar athlete here. That's that's you know right. anything like that. <laughs> uh, but you know he 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 makes you feel at home. I gotta say, one of the coolest things is is watching him and his father Sam Highsmith. I mean, the the two of them together, just just seeing how how supportive his father is and how close uh. they are. It's just it, it touches you, man, because you're like, man, that's like everybody wants that kind of relationship with their dad. I, I'm lucky to have a father like that who's always supported me. Awesome. Um, so when I see it, I'm just like, go ahead, go ahead, Highsmith. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I, I will, I will say this too about about, about Alex. When mm-hmm. it comes to the style of play, you know, you, you were talking about Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree had to kind of figure out where he fit in the NFL when he got here because when right. he got to the NFL. You know, he was super explosive. You know, really fast off the ball. But the Steelers had been used to kind of using converted defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Into into outside linebackers right. that would be their edge rushers. That's what Joey Porter right. was, and he was the edge rusher coach when he was in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, but Bud kind of had to figure out, like, hey man, I'm not a power anchor kind of guy. I'm not yeah. here to be, you know. Like, he had power, but mm-hmm. he had to figure out how to use it. And I'd say yes. it's like 2017 was when it clicked for Bud, and yeah. then after that, from 2018 to 2020, he was just he figured it out. Now, is there anybody on the offensive side that you're excited about? Obviously, we're hearing. Najee Harris seems to be, he'd be as the cheap, he'd advertised, be the answer, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, is there anybody else that you're seeing on offense? Um, uh, and you can even des- describe what you're seeing out of Najee and what makes him different than a lot of the running backs we've had here in the past. I mean, the thing is with Najee is that he's already in supreme shape. Like, you know, not that other guys haven't been in, been in great shape, but like yeah. Le'Veon Bell, when he got to the NFL, he, he needed to figure out what his what he was going to be like. And then he got good. He, he, he made sure he came in in 2014 with chiseled abs and, right. you, know, you know, being extreme, having the amazing footwork. Yeah. Um, but man, Najee got that already. 
And like, mm. if you listen to the Adam Schefter podcast during the off season, before the draft even happened and Adam mm. Schefter was talking to him about his routine, like Najee Harris all throughout the, all throughout the, the, you know, the, the pre-draft season, he would get to a place and he had to work out. I think it was by like either five or 7 AM every morning. And he, and that was his, wow. that was his routine. And he would not wow. break that for anything. And, um, they, and for for his his fellow uh, Crimson Tide, uh, when they had their pro day, uh, when when all, when all his you know teammates were getting ready to to show off their stuff, so the NFL scouts could come and look at them, he wasn't even performing. Yeah, but, but he, he drove. Yeah, right. Driving so back story. to be part of it. That's awesome. But not and not just to be part of it. Part of it. He drove so he could get to Tuscaloosa early enough so he could do his five a.m. workout. Wow. Before <laughs> he did that, like that's how <laughs> that's how locked in this dude has been about being in shape. So it's like wow. now not as is he in shape, but he has the uh you know he had he has the catching ability he has you yeah. know the ability to, to run routes because Le'Veon mm. Bell had to develop that as a stealer this guy's mm. coming into camp knowing how to line up out wide and make people miss and mm. and get out and, and create separation on top of being a, a a power runner who can you know charge in get the get the tough yards that you need the other day he had a, a rep where they were doing uh seven shots and Melvin Ingram had a clean shot on him got a hold of him at the two yard line he dragged Melvin Ingram into the end zone Wow. Um, so like th- this guy, he's been truly special. Wow. <laughs> um, so, but again, Najee Harris, the cheat code. If you're going to ask for that, ask like, oh, what? Who's who's impressing you on offense? Uh, right. <laughs> everybody can say that every week. Um, I'll, I will say I have been impressed with the way that Dan Moore Jr., the rookie tackle out of uh, nice. Texas A&M, yeah. I have been impressed with how he's bounced back because his first week when they put on the pads, mm-hmm. he was going up against Alex Highsmith, and High- Highsmith was just beating him almost every single rep, and it was just like, man, like he's getting manhandled. And yeah. people were asking, is this, is this guy ready? Can he do this? Yeah. Um, but he's he, he's he's rebounded very strongly. I've, he's even had some reps where he's kind of held his own with Alex. No, nice. Alex still has been winning the majority of them, but he's doing yeah. better in that regard. And I thought he had a really good showing against the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game, mm-hmm. granted yeah. against backups. But you know, for a fourth round draft pick rookie, yeah, he he he's been pretty solid. Um, mm. I, I think you you could say a lot about the guys on the offense. You know, Kendrick Green has fit in really well. Uh, yeah. Pat Fryermuth has been as advertised as, as a receiving threat. Mm. Um, and then there's just the the entire receiving core. They're just so deep in talent. Um, right. You know, all those guys. So th- there's a lot of things standing out about the Pittsburgh Steelers at training camp right now. And we talked about this. I had a podcast last night with my co-host uh, Colton Gesser, and it seems like the Steelers are really deep now at outside linebacker. With like we talked about Highsmith, <laughs> we talked we talked about Watt, we talked about uh, we brought in Ingram as well. But now you know you've got Marsh, who's really seems to be stepping up this year because I felt like he might have been had a trouble to make this roster with them drafting Roche, but Roche is is jumping out and making plays in preseason. Jones made a sack in the preseason game. So, I mean, you've got players in the first preseason game, six deep out there making plays in the backfield. I mean, what do you do and who do you end up having to sit in this situation, I mean, do you make a, a vet cut to, to cut salary or do you try to stash one of these guys on the practice squad, one of the younger kids? Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. It is crazy to, to say this now. I, I also I also think some people should kind of just hang in there. Let's uh, let's not let's not uh, <laughs> let's not jump the gun and say, oh, man, they're super deep at, at edge rusher right now because. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were like, "Oh no, they don't have any depth at edge rusher." Right, uh, and, and, and like, <laughs> you know, and then they signed Melvin Ingram. Uh, yeah. Their situation right now, they can just just keep going through. They have three more preseason games to evaluate these guys. Yeah, I would say 
you know, you of course you keep your top three guys, Watt, Highsmith, and Ingram. Yeah. Um, Cassius Marsh really came on strong. He, he's he's showing that, hey, the reason I've hung around the NFL so long is because I can adapt. You know, yes, he didn't play well against the Browns in that in that playoff game, but he also had just gotten to the team. He still needed to adjust to what he right. was being asked to do. And now you're seeing a full year with, with training camp and offseason preparation. And he's looking more more like a solid backup back there. But yes. you're also seeing Quincy Roche make his a place. Uh, I think it's Jamar Jones. I mean, number 44. He is right. He is explosive off the ball that's wow. where the question is going to be because Ro- they're really excited about Roche with with his hand technique he is he, when I was when I was watching his tape uh from college in Miami um you know and, and Temple this guy was just he was just would set you up with two different moves and he had counters to what offensive tackles are doing and it's it's rare to find guys in college that are that refined. Oftentimes they'll lean on being just a lot more athletic than the other guy in front of them. But right. he has that set that sense down and he has other things he needs to work on. I'm not saying he's ready to start right now, but they have good questions to, to be answered about, about their depth on the edge. Um, and, and who knows, maybe they come in the camp, maybe they come in and they're like, you know what, we'll keep five, we'll, we'll keep five guys this year on the edge. Cause we want that, that rotation. But yeah. you know, there's always that tough question when you're shortening it down to 53, what positions do you want, you know, to have an abundance and what positions do you want to do? You, do you want to just say, Hey, we'll trust these few guys to hold it down. Um, Keith Butler during minicamp made it, made a very you know, made a very pointed response to say, we want to make sure that our top guys that get after the pat the quarterback are fresh in the early to mid fourth quarter. Cause that's the, that's the crunching, that's the crunch time. Yep. So um, there, you know, maybe the Steelers, they want to keep a, a stronger uh, rotation of guys in there because yep. they want to say, Hey, we want to bring off Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt so that we can, you know, and, but still be able to apply pressure throughout the game. So I would not be shocked if they kept five. I doubt they keep six, um, but it's going to be a big question over the next few weeks. Who wins out those fourth and fifth spots? Um, I, I'd say Marsh and Roche have the inside track, but man, uh, Jones is making it really tough. Can't sleep on them. That's great. And mm-hmm. there's one player that I am excited about because okay. Usually I used to say, yeah, I could make it in the NFL. You know, I'm six feet, 175 pounds, soaking wet with a pocket full of nickels uh, because of a certain position that is usually played being punter. Uh, and yes. I am so excited. Our new nickname <laughs> punter, we're calling him Biggest Kickest. And Biggest you know, Kickest. Okay. <laughs> yep, that it's an old right. uh, Monty Python Life of Brian yeah. reference. <laughs> and uh, so, but, but obviously Presley Harvin third is killing it. I mean, he put together probably the most impressive four punts I've ever seen a Steeler make <laughs> in any game. And it was in a freeze. I know, right. And this is a preseason game that we're talking about, obviously. But I've never seen a punter put together four different kicks and have them executed, all four of them executed perfectly. You know, he, it was just, a, a, he's fun to watch to me. And also being a huge bodied guy, maybe gives you some different options as, being able to go for it maybe on short runs for a fourth and short or with that arm, we already know he can throw it for a first down as well. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm sitting here saying there's no, don't even think about that kind of stuff. There's no need to even need to need to contemplate. Oh man, maybe he could listen. 
this guy has the potential to be one of the best punters in the NFL, maybe even the best punter in the NFL with mm-hmm. the potential that he's shown. And I, I tell everyone this when I talk about Pers- uh, when I talk about Presley Harvin, I almost call him Purse. Everyone, I like I everybody does, yeah. <laughs> every, 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 everyone does that, does that. But um, yeah. when I I cover I covered Pitt last year, mm-hmm. um, and when they played Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. uh, each time Pitt's defense they they got after the quarterback much like the Steelers did last year, and they would just sack the quarterback, stuff the run. Um, and when they played Georgia Tech, they kept pinning them inside the 10 or inside the five. And it was getting really rough for Georgia Tech's offense. But every time they, their special teams came out there, this guy, Presley Harvin, would just boom it and put it like and Pitt would be back on their own 30. And it was like, who is this guy? Like, what is this? Wow. What does this dude do? Like, what does he take? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and, and then it turned out it was Presley Harvin third, you know, yeah. the first ever black punter to win the Ray Guy Award. So awesome. Um, so, I mean, I, I, there was a sense of excitement there for, for a lot of, for a lot of reasons. Um, but you know, Danny Smith, when he talked about his pro day experience with, with Presley Harvin, he said, you know, when I went to see him, you know, it, it was his turn to punt at the pro day, it started pouring down rain. And then they were like, well, we'll move inside to the gym so you can see what he can do. And Presley Harvin said, no, I'm going to show you what I can do in the pouring down rain. And he was booming punts through like a thunderstorm or not a thunderstorm because that would be yeah you, they, then they would get you out of there but through, yeah, yeah. through a storm and danny smith was like that's my guy i'm getting him <laughs> that's, that's what i want <laughs> um and nope. so and that's why they spent a draft pick on a punter and yeah. uh at least early on it looks like it was well investment and at least it wasn't a fourth round draft pick on a punter i mean that's the to pick back then was a while ago Ooh. but last time i was excited over a punter but i'm not gonna lie I, i'm really excited over what this kid's gonna do and and, uh, you know, just seeing him move forward. And I was a big Barry fan as well. I love the Aussie punt kickers. I love the Aussie style. I love the Aussie roll pinning people. But, I mean, this guy looks like he's got a stronger leg, younger kid, more future. So I'm, I'm hoping that he hey, sticks. If, if you like Aussie kickers, check out Pitt Football. They, say they still got Kirk Christodoulou. So nice. uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he does a pretty good job for them as well. In fact, he's on a, he's on a bunch of award lists this year. So yeah. um, really, really cool stuff there as well. So I was listening to your podcast this morning while I was prepping for this one, the one that you did today. Ah. And big news for the day, Steeler Nation. Joe Hayden wants to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Drew Rosenhaus has already approached the Steelers for a contract extension. Now, my question to you, Chris, would you extend Hayden? And if you would, what would it look like? How many years, numbers, what would, if you were the GM, what would a contract extension, if you chose to give him a contract extension, which I think you would, but what would it look like for you? It's a tricky situation because we're we're still in salary cap, you know, wild, wild west right now. Because this year, the salary cap, of course, dipped down to a historical low. But next year, it's booming to a historical high. So the traditional ideas that we have in our heads of, oh, you'd pay a cornerback this or a safety that or a quarterback this, you know, that's 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 not I wouldn't say it goes out the window, but it's going to change because you're going to have different you know amounts of money that you want to spend. I I am in favor of the Steelers signing Joe Hayden to an extension. I know some people out there, buddies, they'll be 33 next year. And yeah, oh, you can't do that. I don't think Joe Hayden's going to be costing them like 15 million dollars to keep. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be closer to the five to eight million dollar range um, mm-hmm. and, and, and probably on the higher side there, of course. Uh, but you know, Joe Hayden's a guy, and I've said this about him for as you know for as long as I've covered him. 
he's a guy, he doesn't rely on speed. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, yes. there's the drop-off at cornerback. But Joe Hayden's never been a fast guy. Like, he, you know, he didn't run a 4-4 flat when he came out of uh, when he came out of Florida. You know, he but he's been about technique. He's been about positioning. He's been about outsmarting. He's been about being, you know, making sure I have the right hand technique to make sure that I'm tra- in trail technique, you know, being behind the back shoulder and being able to play over the front shoulder and knock the ball away or reading, you know, understanding what the offense is trying to do and getting to the receiver spot so I can intercept the pass. Those are the things that he's he's done throughout his whole career. That doesn't go away. The smarts don't go away. What does go away is well, eventually he there will be a, a little bit of quickness that you lose that you won't be as good lining up on the outside. Now, here's my thought on on Joe Hayden. If at any point he starts to feel, hey man, I'm not I'm not having it as much on the outside at cornerback. That's where you look. Okay, moving to safety. Mm. The guy's smart enough. He understands, he understands the game enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like, you know, you know, replacement of Fitzpatrick, but maybe, maybe make him some guy that you'd be willing to move around the field a little bit. You know, Charles Woodson did that. I'm not saying he's Charles Woodson, uh, the guy that just went into the hall of fame, but I am saying that, you know, we've seen other cornerbacks do this throughout their careers, um, you know, where they bumped back to safety when they just didn't have the, the, the speed to make them as as comfortable on the outside as they were. Joe Hayden's the smart enough kind of player that he could, you know, study, make that adjustment and be effective for the Steelers. They haven't signed Terrell Evans to his, to a, to a future contract. They didn't take up his fifth year option. I'm not saying that that's their plan, Mm -hmm. but the Steelers absolutely should pursue this because also beyond being a player, whether he's a cornerback or a safety, Joe Hayden is a leader. He Mm -hmm. is a guy that you want in the locker room. You know, ever since he got to training camp, he was the guy that, you know, when you when even back in the Latrobe days, you know, you'd go you'd go down to the field and when everyone's stretching, the cornerbacks are around each other. He's leading the conversation. He's making the jokes. Everyone's circled around him. That's the kind of guy that he is. And, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is taking over the secondary leadership. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. But having a guy like Joe help set the tone and having another veteran around, that's, that's always helpful. So I'm I'm I, I think the Steelers would be well within reason to make sure that he remains a Pittsburgh Steeler for at least another year or two. And you hit the nail on the head. And I love that idea too, of moving him to safety possibly. And it would be an interesting safety tandem to see Hayden and Fitzpatrick working in the backfield with, with different uh, edge corners that I like that a lot. One thing I want to also bring up about Joe Hayden is his durability Yes, over his entire career. I mean, he, his, one of his worst injuries, I mean, he had with his first year with us when he had the fibula foot fracture, he broke his leg. He missed five games with yeah. a broken leg, five games. And we didn't have a bye during those five games. Like, I, I, I'm a geek here. I track injuries. I do all this weird stuff. Hey, yeah. so, but the, in the next three years, missed one game with a hamstring injury in 2018. Zero games missed in 19. Missed two games last year. One was with a concussion and week 14 and then he got covid week 17 unfortunately he missed that game and the wild card game which i think were huge factors yeah they absolutely um, were for the steelers being able to advance in the playoffs but you know at least we got a better draft kick pick ahead of both the cleveland browns and the uh baltimore ravens that's my only bright spot from that but i i'm with you like i really didn't think of the argument that joe hayden doesn't rely on his speed as much as other corners in which you're dead right and Charles Woodson and even Rod Woodson were faster yes. cornerbacks. Yes. They and were. when they lost their speed, they had an easy transition. It seemed like See, both of them still ended up being pro bowl safeties mm-hmm. um, in their career after they transitioned. And I think this could also happen to a player like Hayden. So great takes on that aspect. And then I'm, 
for me though, I think Drew Rosenhaus is not going to the Steelers to ask for a payment discount. No, no, no. He's Drew. Drew knows what he's doing. He's right. going to get the best contract for a team. But it's yeah. also about what Joe. Joe's not coming back just to come back. He's not coming back thinking like, oh yeah. I mean, they may stink next year. Who knows? He yeah. thinks the reason Joe Hayden's talking about this right now is that he he appreciates what the Steelers organization has been to him. And think about this, right. this guy was drafted by the Browns. Yeah, he was there for most of his career. That's where he made his money. That's where he, you know, that's where he became a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. And since coming to the Steelers, now he's like, I want to retire a, a Pittsburgh Steeler. The Browns are hot right now. He, yeah, he could he could be like, hey, bring me back over there, and I'll be with you. <laughs> no, he's saying he wants to stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That speaks to his confidence. That's in the, in the, his teammates. That speaks to his comfort level with with, with the team. Also, I think that speaks to how he feels about the organization led by Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Mr. Rooney, all those guys. Um, I, I think it speaks volumes for a guy like Joe Hayden to say, you know what? I think I got still got two more years in the NFL. I'd be cool spending it right here, however you guys want to use me. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think that does say a lot about what it means to him uh, what to, to stick with the Steelers. And it should say to the Steelers fans who are like, man, like the national media isn't giving us much hope. You know, you know, <laughs> they, everyone's saying that the, the Steelers are going to be like five and 11 or five and 12 this year because there's 17 games. I'll never get used to that. Um, yeah, but right? <laughs> you know, every, everyone's saying they're going to stink this year. But, you know, the players seem confident. Melvin Ingram wouldn't sign with a team he think that he thought would stink, you know. Uh, and Joe Hayden wants to stick around. There's something going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I even thought I thought there was a great clip, um, you know, last week when Mike Tannenbaum took one of his thousand shots at Ben Roethlisberger that he always takes on ESPN, and uh, he starts going at it with Swagoo. But then Mike <laughs> Mike Greenberg on the on get up is like you know says like you know it's crazy but there's a lot of national people who seem to be down about the Steelers but whenever I talk to someone that's in the NFL that works in the NFL yeah they take this team seriously and they think they're a serious threat so mm. I, I really think that there's there's something there you know I tell people all the time for our betonline.ag ad reads uh, yeah. for locked on Steelers the over under that people have for the Steelers is eight and a half wins this year I'm saying right man, mash the over get yeah. that they're getting at least nine wins this season yeah yeah and I agree and it, with the extra playoff spot being in there even though we we're in a tougher division Cleveland made the playoffs last year they're improving their defense is really improving and they're they're a, a real threat on defense now same thing Baltimore's always a threat on defense I think yeah. their offense is a little bit easier for us to manage and it seems like we've kind of figured it out um Lamar Jackson but Cincinnati's on the rise too great young talent so the amazing thing I was looking up as we were talking Hayden was in Cleveland for seven years mm-hmm. he had five thank you Kat he had five different head coaches in seven years coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers where you're no you've got the same head coach the entire time uh, you have the same defensive coordinator the entire time. I think Butler's still been there the entire time he's yep. been. Yep. Uh, some you know minor position switches and things like that, and, and differences in some some philosophy and strategies. But consistency. I mean, this is something that he never had, and a lot of players state that about the Pittsburgh Steelers is the reason why you want to come here. The reason why it's the best place in football is the consistency and the family atmosphere. Being felt felt like you're treated more like family people care about what you have to say and who you are as a human being not just who you are as a football player so that's really awesome to see and for him to have all that those accolades and all that success in cleveland move the next town over and just be like i'm home 
That's just, that, 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 that is awesome. But I mean, you said it right there. Five coaches in seven years. The Steelers have had three coaches since 1969. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's stability right there. And, yeah. and this is what well, this is what I also say because you know, I have friends who are Browns fans and they're really excited. And I'm like, man, this Browns team reminds me a lot of that Jaguars team, man. In 2017, they were red hot. Everyone was really excited about them. They yeah, acquired yeah. a lot of free agents, they acquired a lot of high draft picks. Mm-hmm. But as soon as uh, as soon as like people started putting a target on their back, you saw the things start to fall apart, and then guys were leaving, and then all of a sudden they're the first overall pick again, and now they're rebuilding with Trevor Lawrence. I, I just I, I don't see the continuity with the Browns th- there yet. You, you got you got to do it multiple years before I start to say, okay, now you you have rebounded, you are a serious threat in the right. NFL. Uh, you know, I, I I wonder how serious they're going to take it. I mean, you you see them that you know their 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 merchandise is still very Steeler centric. You know, they, they they have nameless great faces shirts uh, for a quote that wasn't even like a diss to them. It was just that's what Mike Tomlin calls every opponent to his yes. To, to, you know, so right. Um, I, I'm not so sure that they're going to be. Yeah, I'm not, I, I want to see if they if they're for real, they'll come out this year and they'll cont- they'll they'll improve on their record. But you know, I'm a I'm a little wary because you know, I've seen this happen time and time again, where a young upstart team with a less than I'd say I'd say average to below average quarterback and Baker Mayfield, um, mm-hmm. a good red ground game and and uh, with with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, again, just like the Jaguars. Um, and I, but I, I would say even the Jaguars defense back then was better than this Browns. Defense. Yeah, that was an insane defense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm I'm very intrigued to see how that goes. But if you're Joe Hayden again, you know, if, if the Browns were that hot, why wouldn't he be like? I'll hop on your train. Yeah. Cause if you guys are, if you guys are the, are the train ride, why not go to this thing that looks stable? I'd go back to Cleveland where fans would love me. And you know, cause I, it'd be, it'd be a homecoming. No, he wants to finish with the Steelers. Again, I think that speaks volumes to, uh, to how people, how people on the inside feel about this team. Nice. And um, chow, chow dad on over at uh, Twitter has a question for us. Sure. Asking after scraping to make the salary cap, won't these contracts spend money we don't have yet? And we've already alluded to that. The, the, we have a ton of money, 77 mil, I think, next year already uh, projected to be in the cap. And I think that's before the final cap rise has even been figured out. So it might be in the 80s. So the Steelers have a ton of money next year. Also, they haven't made their last cuts. They might free up a couple more million to carry over into the next season. We could approach 90 million. That is odd how it started off this season where we were upside down 25 million. And now we have a ton of money left over just because like Pouncey retired, decided to retire. David DeCastro decided to retire. And like a lot of these moves that we weren't expecting have opened up a lot of cap. You know, Ben was taking the pay cut early on just to make sure we could get under and sign a couple guys. And now it seems like we've got extra money to even sign more people. Would you see the Steelers signing somebody else now? Would you, Do you think that there's a position of need now or a position of depth now that would help out the Steelers? I mean, the Steelers aren't, aren't going to not keep their eyes open because mm-hmm. one thing to remember is that injuries happen, cuts happen, and you never know what opportunity may be out there. Like, you know, CJ Henderson, the, 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 the former top 10 pick by the Jaguars is, mm-hmm. is now being rumored to be in the trade mill to be sent somewhere else. So, you know, if you can get another top 10 defensive back, you know, like right. you got Minka Fitzpatrick and if you can get him for less than a first, 
you know, and you feel good about the guy, why not take a shot at that? But again, yeah. you know, it's all about keeping within their plans and what they, and what they want to do. Um, there's also other teams they're going to have, you know, they, 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 there are other teams that still need to meet their salary cap needs and they may mm-hmm. let, let a guy go. Heck Joe Hayden, the reason he became Pittsburgh Steelers is because the, right. the Browns cut him. Cap you know, cut. Go, yeah. Right. You know, right, right at the start of training camp. And they were like, okay, we'll take that. Guy. <laughs> uh, that the best part was that day, mm-hmm. right. When he was cut, it's like, that day, it's like, Hey, Steelers are like already reaching out to me. Like, yeah, hey, Joe, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were quick to do that. So the Steelers are lying in wait to make their best, to make the moves they really want to make, because you don't know what opportunities do exist out there. And that's why they got that. But, you know, for the the, the question, as far as are, are they spending money they don't have yet, they've got the money. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the stuff that right now, as it stands before any TJ Watt money is signed, they have the most salary cap space for next season. And that's with whatever it, whatever bump it goes, or if it sticks yeah. where it's at, you know, based off of the final salary cap numbers at the end of this year, uh, this Something is going... we've never seen as Steeler fans. No, the, the, <laughs> We're the Steelers like have three mil, 10 mil. <laughs> right. And, 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 and again, this is a, this is a testament to the front office of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Omar Khan, Kevin Colbert, Brandon Hunt. They know what they're doing. Omar Khan, the, the notorious uh, uh, number cruncher of the right. front of the front office to make these things work and make these contracts fit. But uh, but they they do a great job of finding the ways to keep the talent they really want in the organization, finding ways to afford those guys while not selling the future on you know, major guys that they really want to keep, you know, and sometimes you can't keep everybody like, you know, the James Washington situation where, you know, it's reportedly he requested a trade. Sometimes you're overloaded at a position. You can't keep everybody, but right. there you can make sure, Hey, we're going to keep the guy we really want. Like when Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown were in Pittsburgh, they kept the best one. And yeah. that was the best receiver in football for six straight years. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 th- I don't think this is a, a situation where it's, anywhere near they're they're not they're spending money they don't have yet um this is going to be more about setting themselves up the big question is how much money can you ink uh tj watt for do you keep it under 30 mil you know some people are putting it in the 28 to 30 mil range right you know i talked to dale lolly a lot and he he thinks it'll be closer to 25 mil um if they keep it at 25, that's a very good sign because the next step is then next year you're talking to make Fitzpatrick because then you're looking at his future deal and you got to lock him up. Right. And he's, you know, and, and he's another superstar player that you cannot afford to let go. Yeah. You could be in a situation. Let's, let's, let's highball this right here. And I'm, okay. I'm, I'm using my calculator. which is why I'm looking away from my phone. Let's, let's highball this. So, you, so let's say the Steelers had what, like 75 mil in, in cap space. Let's say next year you take away, let's, let's highball at 28, from TJ Watt, mm-hmm. and then let's say 15 a year for Minka Fitzpatrick. They'll still have $32 million in cap space after that. Right. And that money can go to a quarterback, whether it's bringing Ben Roethlisberger back, going to get in a free agent somewhere, doing something along yeah. those lines, or making sure that they can get their guy in the draft. Then they'll have to decide do they want to keep Juju Smith Schuster, Terrell Edmonds. Do they reinvest in the offensive line? Because Trey right. Turner's on a one year deal, Melvin Ingram's on a one year deal for the edge rushers. Who yep. will they want to invest in? And they also have to think about in the future, even beyond next season, two years after that, they're going to think about, okay, we need to sign Devin Bush to a long term contract. You know, yeah. so. They're they're thinking of those contingency plans and having those in place. But right now, the Steelers are in maybe the most comfortable position cap wise they've been in the past in the Kevin Colbert era. I'd even say because 
you know, they've, you know, either they've had a lot of money that they've, that they've been shelling out for defensive superstars like Troy Polamalu and James mm-hmm. Harrison and James Ferrier and Casey Hampton. And offensive they've linemen, a, they've always paid offensive linemen. And always, always yeah. like, you know, you know, in the days of Alan Fanica and Jeff Hardings right. or in the days of Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro, you're yep. right. They've always paid that. And the thing is, is during the Pouncey and DeCastro days, you were also paying the full contract of Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you could at least say yep. for Hardings and Fanica, you were paying Ben's rookie deal, but after what 2007, you know, that, that was gone. So yeah. they, this is going to be a very interesting period for the Steelers as far as financial management of their salary cap, how they keep the crew, how they keep their, their core together. They want to, and how they pick their core to be, to move forward and how they, uh, they, they want to make themselves competitive, but no, I don't think they're spending money. They don't have, they absolutely do have it. It's just going to be about who, you know, you know, how confident are they that they can get TJ Watt and Minka into the numbers that make the, all of this other stuff work? So we alluded to it. We're talking about the elephant in the room, talking about TJ Watt. And I wanted to get your opinion on this too, because we obviously know TJ Watt isn't practicing, but still is showing up every day at training camp. So this is my first observation of a soft holdout. So is this the correct way a hold to in. be like, yeah, like a hold in. Yeah. Is this the correct way now to be like a team leader while still trying to get a new contract done? I mean, here's the thing. I don't think this is a hold in or a hold out. Mm-hmm. This is TJ's like, Hey guys, I'm not trying to get hurt before my sign my contract. And Steelers are like, no problem, buddy. Like just <laughs> go chill over there. Throw that medicine ball, do some agility <laughs> drills. We don't want you hurt either. Right. And, because again, it's it'd be different if TJ Watt was hurt last year, or right. if he if they needed to see like, man, does he got it? Does he, is he going to take a step up this year? What step up is going to TJ Watt going to take other than maybe forcing a few more fumbles? This, this guy yeah. is the best edge rusher in football. Easily. He knows, the, and they trust his work ethic. I mean, you saw all the all the clips of him working out with his brothers, you know, in the off season. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that he's still just, you know, he's still just a ferocious uh, defensive player as uh, you know, by himself. He's gonna be fine, and the Steelers know that's why. That's why Keith Butler was like, "Yeah, he's doing that, of course, because of his contract." But the Steelers aren't mad at him. You don't see Mike Tomlin saying, "Man, I wish, I wish, I wish TJ Watt would be here." Like when Le'Veon Bell wasn't showing up to camp, that was a holdout. That was that's different. And when he got there, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm glad you're finally here, Juice. Let's go." Um, you know, like that, 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 that. But there's not that mentality about TJ Watt. There's no question about him or wanting to be with the team. The team is like, you know what? We don't need you to be hitting guys in early August. You, you're, we want you fresh for how this season works out. So yeah. you're, 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 I, I would say a hold in is a funnier way to say it, just to, just to <laughs> make, make it, make a joke about it. But yeah. honestly, striker TJ is chilling. They're going to sign this deal. And when they sign this deal, he'll show up and practice. Even then, I, if I'm the Steelers, I don't ask too much of him in the practices because I'm like, listen, man, I know who you are and what you do. Just get you. We'll get you used to getting banged up again, you know, throughout the week so that you get used to your, but your body can get used to taking hits. And then week one against Buffalo Bills, you'll be out there wrecking shot. Awesome. Love your takes. Love your insight. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carter over at the Locked On Steelers podcast. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Carter Critiques, that's C-A-R-T-E-R-C-R-I-T-I-Q-U-E-S. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. It was, I had a blast talking with you. We just blew through 40 minutes and like a snap of the fingers. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> that was easy strike. Anytime you, you want, you want to chat some ball, man, hit me up, man. I am always down to chat. It's, all, it's always fun. And I'm glad to see what you guys are doing here at Steel Nation Unite. Awesome. I will be taking you up on that. And Steeler Nation appreciates you, man, and all the work you're doing every day over at the Locked On Steelers podcast as well, man. So I love it. Yes, sir. 
Awesome, man. Well, you're free to leave the show. I just got to do my uh, last reads, but I'll be uh, shooting emails to you, let you know when everything's up. All right, man. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Chris. Thanks, man. And you too, Steeler Nation, can get great unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and many color choices to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best place for fast, unique Steeler content on the internet. Click on the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the internet. Subscribe to the SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be the first to hear about our live vidcasts and interviews over at YouTube.com backslash SteelerNation. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the SteelerNation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and we're at Facebook SteelerNation.com. Follow your host, Steeler Nation Striker, on Twitter and Instagram at Steeler Nation at SN Striker, Striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Chris Carter, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! Meow. <laughs>